You're listening to the Momcast, the greatest comic book podcast recorded weekly in Southampton, England, on a Thursday night. Bob Carroty spitting the dog. Forty-seventh show. They'll be talking about this week's comics. James will be spotlighting Jonah Hex No Way Back, and there'll be some other shit and stuff. Bob Carriage is spitting the dog. Ah, fuck off, King Wayne Killer. <laughs> King around the mic tonight. Ah, oh, so hello. Sorry. I'm Nick. I'm James. I am so sorry about that. I, I don't know where he went. Isn't that the first time you've actually seen him? I did, but not for long. He scarped quick, didn't he? He, don't he like doesn't it. like. He it. doesn't like it up him, does he? He's a bit, you are physically intimidating. I try to. But it's good. I think it's good. If you can be like physically intimidating to um, vampires, then you've got something going for you, haven't you? Yes. Minotaurs, though, not scared of me at all. No, I think, uh, I, I think you're supposed to call them minotaurs since uh, uh, the Americans took over. Oh, they ruin everything, don't they? Minotaurs. Hey, have you seen my minotaurs anywhere? Unicron. <laughs> I left them over there next to my hedras. <laughs> Hedra, isn't that how? Like, I haven't seen the new. Um, I haven't seen the new Captain America film. Mm. But isn't that how they say Hedra? Hail Hedra! Hail Hedra! Hail Hedra! <laughs> hail, hail Hedra! Hail Hedra! Huh? Clop! Yeah, I don't know good. what's going on. No, nor do I. It's I'll very go, warm again, isn't it? I do, and I've got a horrible feeling that bugger's going to be back as well. To be honest with you, he, have you noticed? It's always when Jane's not here. You say you're scared of me. I think he's running scared of Jane, to be honest with you. He um, he is fine with garlic, but disapproval, especially the disapproval of a woman, doesn't like it. No, we've got a lot in common, me and him, then, because that is the one thing. That is my like my kryptonite. It fucking powers me. Like really? a dynamo, yeah. It's like, I think that's why you and I are so in love, because we're the exact opposite human being, yet so much the same. Yes. It's amazing that we're almost completely different, yet the Venn diagram of our personalities has quite a large overlap. We've ended up in roughly the same place, but via completely yeah. different routes. Yeah. It's pretty incredible, but uh, we do another podcast about that's pretty much about that. So. Oh, sorry, am I, am I navel-gazing? No, what you're doing is you're cross-promoting uh, the other mm. show, Two Grown Men, which is the best weekly uh, parenting podcast recorded in Southampton, England, on a Monday night. Is it a parenting podcast? I thought it was self-help for me. Uh, it's a bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think oh. it, if you put self-help and parenting podcasts in a Venn diagram, mm. there's quite a lot of crossover as well. It's in, in the shape of mm. James. Oh, that's a big heart. Yeah. I um I was walking in the work today as I do every day because it's good for my health, and work. you know, no walking. All right, okay. And you know, I think it's starting to show. I do swimming twice a week, go walking a lot now, and I think it's starting to show. I'm losing inches, fortunately, all from my penis. But um, and I'm I really losing all hope. 
really good, really. I didn't have any to start with, certainly since Bob died. Um, and I saw um, Dead Pigeon on the Bob Hope, Dead Pigeon. Oh, man. Bob a Dead Pigeon. Why? I don't know, but it was right in the edge of the road in the gutter, lying on its back, and its little wings were sort of spread out in a kind of why kind of way but its little eyes were closed it looked so sad and bereft I, 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 I didn't know what to do with myself really I sort of I've been thinking about it all day I'm hoping like something's eating it by the time I go home tonight yeah otherwise that'd be horrible yeah I don't have to be confronted with that pigeon's mortality again or is it 20 years ago we had uh, Hope and Jobs yeah and Elvis no what's the third uh, thing no Elvis died in what 78 Hope and Jobs and Cliff Richard. <laughs> well, we've still got Cliff Richard, luckily. Right. Hope and Jobs and what was the other thing? Um, uh, heroin. So 20 years ago, we had Hope and Jobs and it wasn't heroin. Let's just say it was the two of them. Was 20 it, years was ago, it we had... Loose Clothing? No. Who's... I can't... Who's the third person in that joke? I don't know. 20 years ago, we had Hope and Jobs. Was it Sergeant Pepper? No. We had Hope and Jobs as in Steve... As in Bob Hope and Steve All Jobs... Right. And yeah. now they're both dead. And Thatcher. I might have misunderstood how, how that joke actually works. Hope and Jobs and Thatcher, and now they're all dead. And Thatcher is dead. <laughs> That's how that goes, isn't it? Yes. She has been reshuffled into that big cabinet in the sky. That big pedo-y cabinet in the sky. I've got, I've got nothing for you today, be honest with you. Nick. I'm so sad about the pigeon. My sense of humour is completely... I'm bone dry. What? Um, I don't need to know about your bone. What? Actually, I do. Hang on. No, I can't. There's a thing in between the tables. I can't see it's under it. It's called a modesty panel. Um, the, I can't remember what I was going to say. I was just, I was picturing being a new listener to this <laughs> and hear, hearing just the two of us. Oh, and you were providing a point for them to turn it off. No, and uh, and uh, and and thinking it's it is probably quite confusing Why? because if you've listened to the show a lot, mm. you might quite often think that we're horrible, typical white heterosexual men. You'd be right, but if you listen to the first bit of of any given podcast where it's just the two of us, mm. you'd think we were a couple. Yeah, no, we are maybe well, except that you know, real couples don't love each other this much. No, that's true. They're not as excited by each other anymore. I think it's why um, Jane can't handle the sexual... Oh, Jane's not here. Jane's not here. Jane's not here. Um, she just said she couldn't be arsed this week. Yeah. She told us to get munted. Get bent. Get, but get bunt. She said, you couple of wallies. And she just... She literally she came with us and then just sort of said, stick it, monkeys. Gave us the finger. We all walked into the room together. Yeah. And then she was like, I just can't... Yeah. I just can't pretend anymore yeah. just left I can't be with you it's not me it's you she said um, and then afterwards under her breath she said that's blatantly a lie yeah it's definitely you she um she's sick um, so now I feel bad that we we got so much comedy out of it <clears throat> luckily I don't think it was very good comedy she, so. should, she should look after herself better like we do <laughs> and then she wouldn't be uh, the victim of um our uh, our cruel joking I feel I feel very hot and bothered at the moment and um last night I recorded a podcast with life partner Steve who mm. isn't our life partner he's Jane's yeah. life partner I recorded a podcast so I was in I was in the the bedroom recording for two and a half hours and I had my shirt off because it was very hot and I was still 
so my pants were so sweaty by the、mm. end of it, and it wasn't even a sex thing. It was it was just a normal podcast. What sort of pants do you wear, Nick?、Uh, they're kind of boxer briefs. What colour were they? I think I'm probably still wearing them. Hang on. Jeez, you're still wearing the sweaty boxer briefs you're wearing last night. No, actually, I changed. I changed this time because it was like two or three. No, the ones I'm wearing are grey, so it was probably my burgundy ones. So they were white at the beginning of the week. That burgundy is、uh, burgundy is what we older people call maroon. I believe it's a type of wine as well. Burgundy five.、Mm. Really? Yes.、Ah, they made、uh, they made an album about、uh, songs about Jane.、It、all comes back to Jane. Everything comes back to、He、Jane.、Does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you, Nick, but I think I need to go for a wee wee. Do you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to come on quite strong. Has come on quite strong. So、um, I'll let you know. I'll let you know、uh, what colour it is when I get back. But I've got to go. What colour it is? Okay.、Yeah. Well, I was told by、um, a physician that it should be.、Um, It should look like a a good Chardonnay. Is that if you're well hydrated? What, did you meet this physician? Was this a, 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 an appointment or was it a wine tasting? No, it was in the toilets at a train station. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. It's very、I'll, late at night.、Um, no, okay, I've, I've well, got to go. Just, I'm sorry. I'll just sit here.、Okay. Shall I just try、I'll, and occupy the? I'll put my head. <laughs> in a minute, I'll talk about hey, 2000 AD and stuff. But bye now. Okay. Ah、uh, ah、uh, ah!、Uh, is he gone? I am Wankula! Ah ah ah! Banging on the tables. Try try not to bang on the tables, Wankula. Why did you go? Why did I, you run it? What's going on? I don't like it when he kicks me in the ass, Papa Carlos. Spitting the dog. He has very big fat man feet. He does. Yes. Have very big fat man feet. Ah ah ah! And a swollen red face. Ah. But ah. I think you. I think you'd find that once you get past the slightly heart attacky,、um, heart attacky side of him,、uh, and your and you try and、uh, see things on a level, you'd find that you had a lot in common. Let me tell you, Nick. He reminds me of the penis of Schnobitz the dog. Ah ah ah! Bob Carroll, Schnobitz the dog. Oh, the doggy's on the bone. I'm glad you finally met each other, though, because I was starting to wonder what with Jane not having been around that much. Every time、uh, you've turned up. Um, it's、uh, it's just been me, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you or, or to the listener actually, but one of my favourite films ever is Harvey, the James Stewart classic film about the giant imaginary rabbit. About the man with the massive、uh, mental issues, with the big massive rabbit. That's the one. Then he kills himself at the end. Yes. I don't. In my think... homeland, he kills himself at the end. He is ashamed that his mental health issues is dragging down his family. Oh, back where I come from, mental issues. We kill ourselves. Oh, okay. I it's progressive. It's it's possible that the version I've seen is edited. I don't know. That puts a whole new slant on it. It might not be my favorite. Edited、anymore. for weak-minded, Western-minded minds. Mind. <laughs> Bob Carrages, celebrity squares. But anyway, so I was slightly worried. The fellow with the ostrich. I was slightly worried that maybe I was imagining you Fight Club style,、uh, not Fight Club style, Harvey style. Harvey style. Just in case any listeners. That's how I roll. Fight Club. Hello, listener. Card sharks. So what, ah ah ah. What are you? What? <laughs> what are card sharks? I've got a secret. Ah ah ah. What are you talking about? Why are you here? Bruce Forsyth's hot streak. Ah ah ah.、Yes. I've been in America showcasing my talents. You've just 
been reading all of that stuff off your phone? No, these are uh, these are all of the quality quality shows I am taking back with me from the Americas. The America, though, he gives me a <laughs> Bob Carriage's Price is Right idea. I am rebooting myself, Nick, as woman. Okay. Well, that could work. Popularity with the ladies. No cynicism. Price is right. Would you still be called Wankula? Mrs. Wankula. Mrs. Wankula. Yes. Not Wankulette. <laughs> no. <laughs> Patronising, Nick. Patronising. But, so, are you saying you're actually going to change gender? Yes. Whoever shall wear this cape shall be Wankula. But that sounds like somebody puts the cape. I it sounds it. like the power's in the cape. I give it to a lady. So it isn't you turning into a lady. I don't know. It's the lady taking on your role. What are you going to do? I and mean, what's your real name? Isn't your real name, Wankula? Yes, Wankula! Bob Carragy, spitting sea dog. Oh, the price is right! So what you're saying is your name is Wankula. Bob's full house. But, but your job description, it, your job role is also Wankula. Wankula. Right. It's a nominative uh, denomination. Is that how, like... Determination. Price is right. Is is that, like, how... Nothing for two in a bed. When people call uh, dra- uh, other Drac vampires, Draculas. Is this... So people... Because Dracula is a vampire, and... Dracula other... is an asshole, Nick. <laughs> okay. If you met him, he is an asshole. Arrogant Mother Hubbard! So Dracula and Wankula are two different roles and they're also two different people. If Dracula was here right now, I'd F him right up. I would F him with my face and my, my fists. Which, so you're not from the same non-specific Eastern European country as we are not from the We are from neighbouring ah. non-specific Eastern European countries. I see, okay. And he's not assholes. Okay, so you're going to... Isn't that a bit xenophobic? No, they are actually assholes. Okay, right, okay. So so what you're telling me is... Because you made it sound like something really dramatic was going to happen. You said, and I quote, doing air quotes, because that's how you do Your quotes. air quotes, your soft Western air quotes, sicken me, Nick. Well, if you're going to be insulting. Um, so what you're saying is... What you said to begin with was, I'm going to turn into a woman. That's what I said, yes. So you stand by that you're going to turn into a I woman. I stand by. I, I gave this interview. Nick, I don't. I gave this interview with the MTVs. Okay. I gave this interview with the MTVs. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a woman uh-huh. by giving my cape to the ladies. So you're, you, specifically you, yes. are going to change gender. If you like, yes. New lady wankula. By Coming g- soon. Hot show. By giving Tune in, ladies. Forward thinking. Progress. I uh, I can't help but feel that you're avoiding uh, my uh, question. My questioning. Shit! Can you hear footsteps? By using hyperbole. Oh, I'm leaving. See you. Bye bye. Bang. Bob garages. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) Oh, all right. That was a I'm long sorry. piss. It was. I had a lot of wee. Uh, to, I've been drinking a lot today, so I had a lot of wee to get rid of. So. <sighs> You're right. What happened? Something something mind-boggling happened. Can you smell, something that just didn't you, make any sense to me. Can you smell like a combination of sulfur and carrots? No, I'm used to it now. Fair enough. Um, 
so something that actually doesn't make any sense. There's a huge amount of cognitive dissonance, which is a term if you've been following me on Twitter, I've been using a lot this week. Okay. Um, Wankula was here. Yeah. He apparently he he said he was going to be changing gender. Like right. he specifically was going to be changing gender. Right. And then he said he was going to be giving his cape to a lady, right. and she was going to become a wankula. Yeah, that makes sense. How does that? But it. No, that's really. I think that's a really positive thing, isn't it? Because you know, ultimately, it's like you know, when wankulas changed in the past, it's always been to a different male wankular, isn't it? Or like a you know, frog. But I'm quite pleased that it's this time it's a lady. But it's not a job description, isn't it? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know much about him. You're the one who knows him. I don't really know him, do I? He's got this message on the inside of his cape yeah. that says, "Whosoever he showed me it, it says, mm. whosoever wears this cape yeah. will have the power yeah. of Wankula." Fair enough. But it 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 says it will have the power of Wankula. It doesn't yeah. say they'll become Wankula. That well, doesn't make any sense. He said it. He knows what he's talking about. Well, does he, though, to be honest with you? I've heard him before. He is a little bit stupid. Is he doing it for publicity again, do you think? Or do you, do you think he means it this time? I haven't got a fucking clue because every time I try to yeah. uh, re- reason with him or yeah. ask him rational questions, he just started shouting and being hyperbole and excitable. Yeah. It's very hard to nail down his, um, his, like, his actual... Motives, isn't it? He's he's quite um. Uh, is it word quixotic? He's motherfucking quixotic. He is. Isn't it's he? interesting that we both we both wanted to use that same word. Yeah, I like it. It's good. He didn't even prepare before. Yeah. Donkey quixotic. He's tilt. He's tilting at um um things that keep moving about and are very hard to pin down. I'm fucking exhausted. Really, I can imagine. I'm really sorry I left you with that because I would have kicked his ass, mate. Because I don't know why you don't do it. I. Well, because I always think he'll be okay, and and then it's just I'm quite patient in a weird sort of way. You are, yeah, that's strange, yeah. That's just that's just I. It's confused me a lot. It's confused me a lot. It's kind of it's kind of done my spoon in a bit. So with any luck, mm. there won't be anything particularly weird in the awkward middle bit in comics this week. No, I we can't can imagine there'd be anything as weird as that. Um. So we are a comic book podcast. No, I haven't. What What have you been up to this week? You've been a bit tired and depressed. I saw a dead pigeon. Went back to dead work pigeon. after a week. Okay, that's really that. That dead pigeon is a metaphor for my week. Okay, that sounds. That's why right. I mentioned it. I'm trying been... to be artistic. What about your week, Nick? <sighs> Dealing with housey shit. So your week's been a dead pigeon too. Oh God, it's been the. It's been five fucking dead pigeons. I uh, I watched my cat last night. I love my cat. I love Frank. He's lovely. Settled right in now. He loves yeah. me. Do you like him more than you like the dogs? I like him more than I like anyone in our flat. It's okay. me and him. Me and him against the world. I can see that. So what was he doing? Sorry, I, I was went into a little reverie there. Because you said I, you said I, I was looking at my cat the other night, and then you yeah. went off into a bit of a reverie. Then you covered a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you covered a little bit because you started saying he's my favourite. Yeah. And then you looked across at me, mm. uh, suddenly felt guilty, yeah. and backtracked to say in my flat he's my favourite yeah, in my flat. You're my favourite. Second, you're my joint favourite. Okay. He was uh, he was hit by he was hit hit, hit hip hopping. Yeah. He was hid behind my bush. Words are so hard. He was hid, by, hid behind my bush, and there's a big fat pigeon, live one this time, um, in my garden. And you could see him. He was all hunched himself up like he's in hunting mode. Bless him. He was sort of like really acting like a little tiger. I mean, the pigeon got away after he pounced out. But, oh, I laughed at him. Your pussy was hiding behind your bush. Yeah, I went, ah, Frank, you silly bastard. You missed him. Is that that's basically what's happened for you this week? 
Yeah, that's about it. Uh, I can't remember what happened this week. I've I've spent a lot of time fretting. Playing the guitar, yeah. Selling houses and buying houses is so stressful. It is, yeah, definitely. I've got a friend who's a estate agent. He always looks um, vexed. Does he have any houses in Bitten Park? I uh, don't know. Can you ask him? Doubt it. Can you text him now? I think he's in the leasing business now. So. Oh, fucking hell. That's no use to lease a house? That is no use to me. Do you want to lease, lease a property in a waterside area of Southampton? Because I think that's pretty much... I don't know. I, 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 I think talking about our weeks has maybe been a bit depressing. <laughs> I think it's gone really wrong this time. We've neither of us had a good week. That stupid... Um, uh, Nebulous Middle European uh, vampire. A bit pillock. racist. Was he? Well, actually, no, he wasn't. I just. Uh, that's a bit confusing. I was thinking that maybe having him on at all was a bit racist. But actually, now that I think about it, that's me having a weird problem with having a foreign person in the room. Isn't Vampires it? aren't a race. No, that's true. Yeah. Apparently, they have job descriptions, job titles, though. Apparently, Dracula is a job title. Really? As well as Wankula. That's fascinating. And they're very, they've got a huge rivalry of each other. Really? A bit like Southampton and Portsmouth. A bit like Southampton and Portsmouth. Like they're equally, but more they're, exciting. They're equally shit, but they hate each other regardless. It's like a race to the bottom, isn't it? Yes. Shall we talk about this week's comics? I think we should probably uh, do that because we are also a comic book podcast. Hardly any comics to talk about this week. This is going to be a short one. You'd never. It probably doesn't feel that way to you, listener, at this point. Yeah, though. well done for making it this far in, though, eh? Um, uh, 2000 I've got two issues of 2000 because I didn't buy any comics last week. Thank you very much if you listened to last week's episode for listening to last week's episode it was we we flaked it's it's on me actually because i was basically the key the primary flaker well Um, i have to say for the first time in what almost five years real life actually intervened and stopped us mm. from being able to do this and it was it was a case of real life jane had a legitimate you you're putting it on you i'm the only one who didn't really have a legitimate reason not to do a little bit better than i did you know my reason was that I was stressed out. That's not really a good. Well, no, reason. you were like you were dealing with like um, grown up house buying stuff that's all going wrong. Jane had a birthday; perfectly allowed to take. I was on holiday and at home. If I was doing that good a job of dealing with real life stuff, then it'd be dealt with now, wouldn't it? I'm very True. angry with myself. Right, so uh, 2000 AD. I've got two weeks of 2000 AD. I went to the comic shop this week, um, and uh, these are Prog 1889, Prog 1889 obviously was all developed and researched and uh, and created in the year 1889 using all of the resources and beamed forward whereas uh, Prog 1890 was uh, developed and researched although they'd obviously already done some of the research in the previous year before that year got eradicated from the timeline or being used up at timey-wimey spacey stuff so that was developed in 1890 uh, by uh, various people including our friend Lee Gallagher that's where he resides in the past oh bless him um, oh Lee you're going to be gutted in 1905 and uh, Queen Vic dies mate from EastEnders yeah that's I mean they, they freeze her and then they just put her on the bar. Oh, okay. Well, they, they chop her off at the bust, and then they just put her up on the bar like freeze-dried, a bit like Walt Disney. So uh, if you've got a copy of uh, of either of these ish- these progs of mm. 2000 AD, uh, you, along with me, are partially responsible for a whole year being eradicated from our history. 
It's gone from all the history books as well. It's just gone. If it happened in 1889 or 1890, it's just, it's not there anymore. It didn't happen. I think what I I really like is thank you, though, for 2000 AD, the way that you produce your um, uh, zine um, means that because you're burning through those, you're eradicating those years from history, it means all of the, the, the Crusades are gone. So we haven't got any of the fallout from the Crusades now. Does there nuclear um, weaponry used in the Crusades? Th- th- no. Um, well, we d- who knows? Because they no longer exist. Um, like the the Black Death, all of that. You know, the brutality, the Middle Ages, are all gone now. And soon, and soon the um, the the sins of the Empire mm. will soon be completely gobbled up, thanks to the way that um, the unique way that 2000 AD is produced. So it's a little bit of time before World War Two's gone. Yeah. If uh, you could go back in time and produce a comic in the year that Hitler was born that would eradicate that year from history, would you do it? Well, I think we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I, well, no, you're probably you're probably there or thereabouts, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, actually, he's probably born born around this this region. No, you're probably time. right. Um, Maybe a little bit later. We'll find 2000 out. AD, wiping out Hitler one year at a time. Yeah, well done, 2000 AD for taking Hitler on. Man, they should put that on their cover. I don't think they listen. Yeah. 2000 AD, we fucked up Hitler. Um, that People might think that means it got him wrong. Sinister, uh, Sinister Dexter's back, and I, I don't, I'm not really enjoying Sinister Dexter. The main, reason, the main reason I'm breaking my personal rule and talking about an issue, a prog, the week after it came out is um, that two reasons. I wanted to mention there's quite a good future shock in here, a nice black and white one. Uh, written by Eddie Robson with um, art by Nick Dyer. Uh, Quite a weird little... It's more supernatural than Future Shock, actually. I'm surprised it wasn't one of their horror tales, but it's quite a good little, nice little tale. Uh, But I wanted to mention... Just like you, Nick. Thank you. Um, And someone else has a nice little tale, and that's uh, that's Sensitive Clegg. The first part of his story uh, was out three weeks ago, and the second part of his story, it's a two-part story... I think it could have been longer because at the end of the first part we discover that there is a group of uh, there's a group of people who hunt who hunt mega city citizens for sport and uh, sensitive Clegg is their target in we found that out at the end of that and I love I love a good uh, most dangerous game sort of a mm-hmm. story because I love the idea of people being hunted even if they're sensitive Clegg Cleggs um, but. So this, I feel like this could have had, you know, this could have been allowed to breathe a little bit longer. And he's such a lovely character. And you got loads of good character moments with Sensitive Clegg in the first part of this story. This second part, there are a few nice character beats, but it kind of uh, rushes quite quickly to uh, the the story resolving mm-hmm. itself, basically. Um, I kind of hope we'll see more of him. It gives us, it suggests to us that that maybe they've got some ideas of what to do with him. Um, Rob Williams writes it wonderfully, uh, but Chris Weston's art is just gorgeous. There's lots of really good artists working on 2000D all the time, but Chris Weston, I don't know how how quickly he works, but it's always worth seeing I'd, I'd his stuff. I'd be amazed if there. he was capable of working. So beautifully rendered. I love his art so much. I I love it. Really, really like it. And even in a book that has so has quite a lot of heavily rendered like art that people have clearly taken lots and lots of time over, his work stands out. It's just gorgeous. Um, 
the next issue is Prog 1890. Uh, interesting new Judge Dredd story, art by Boo Cook, very different mm. art to uh, Chris Weston's art. It's kind of very loose and, and kind of silly and puffy and daft, but I quite like it. another artist I absolutely adore. You love Boo him, Cooks, but yeah, I haven't read a lot of Elephant Man, but obviously he's most synonymous for that, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, John... I wondered what he was doing, but that is what he's doing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, John Wagner wrote this, so I guess he's back now. He he was taking a break, wasn't he, after yeah. Day of Chaos, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I guess he's back now. The story that starts in this issue, and again, I don't know, don't know how long it's going to run for, but it's actually almost similar in tone to the previous story because rather than Sensitive Clegg, you've got a – it's a story about um, a student – at a, a mega city university, um, who's a mutant, and he's kind of he's really grotesque looking and kind of giant and a bit dopey. Comes across a little bit dopey, and he's gone missing. He's uh, he's uh, failed to turn up for his first lecture. Dread goes and talks to his classmates, and they're all presenting a, a very neutral. Oh yeah, yeah, he's okay. We've seen him, seen him around, blah blah blah. But it's fairly clear. Dread cuts through it pretty quickly that actually they're all really horrible to him. Um, but but like sensitive Clegg in the previous story, he's he seems very hapless and well natured and stuff. Um, I it could have gone into much darker territory than it actually does, but it transpires that there's some fairly heavy hazing of this character has gone on, and uh, moving into the rest of the story, we should be seeing. Um, dread finding out more about it and trying to rescue this guy. It's. I had this horrible feeling the story was going to finish with us finding out that he'd ended up in a mm. locker dead or mm. something like that. That hasn't happened yet, but it's a dread story. So there's always potential for horrible yeah. mayhem to happen to him. Double. That's dread. Double D as well. You know? Dread. Dread was kind of horrible about sensitive Clegg in the previous story. So. Um, so yeah, I felt he's a bit pretty weird, unwavering, right? mate. You know, he's got his own. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't got our liberal moral landscape, has he? No, so that's that's true. Um, Brass Sun continues to be really good. This at the after a few months of 2008 just being all win for me, not David win, but but just every day is made of win. But uh, but just general win at the moment. It's got two stories in that I'm not that fussed about. Um, the one of them's a three reeler that just finished with really nice art by PJ Holden, but I just wasn't getting on with it. Um, and then there's uh, Sinister Dexter, but uh, Aquila um, is back with the first part of a new book called Carnifex, um, art, uh, written by Gordon Rennie with lovely art by Lee Gallagher, oh. who we love. Um, He's hot. And it's been coloured by Dylan Teague, which looks, I mean, it makes it look quite different because I'm very oh, used wow. to, I'm very used to Lee's, I know we've seen coloured work by him before, but um, I'm used to seeing uh, his his art looks so amazing in black and white on Defoe. So I'm more used to seeing it that way. It looks I, really great though. It does. And I think what's remarkable with Lee, I mean, it is beautifully rendered artwork. What is more amazing is he manages to produce that um, whilst at the same time being the most um, masturbatory individual um, in the UK, apparently. I, I read that, I think, somewhere. Do you mean that, that people masturbate to him or that he masturbates the most? Because I'm, I'm not sure he masturbates the most. I mean both. 
I think in terms of podcasting, the world of podcasting, we've got a similar reputation in that regard. Really? Lee and I were, um, Lee and I were both guests. Uh, we straddled each other. He straddled me, I think, mm. on uh, the 24-hour Stacey's Pop Culture parlor yeah i'm glad you mentioned that in your my week but i totally thought i was, I was it was very late and i got very confused Believe it for the awkward middle bit yeah okay we can do that but anyway um the one thing about aquila it's it's it it's quite violent and the art's really great and the story the writing's quite interesting but i haven't yet settled with this character i think partly because it, he's quite a new character in, um, he's quite a new character in 2000 AD. We've had two or th- like maybe three or four books, not all of them drawn by Lee. And it's kind of hit the ground running on the whole Pat Mills uh, style, very deep mythology um, and treating the character like he's an established character. But we didn't have all of those. The nearest, he's the, the nearest thing he is to... The nearest thing he is to the near the most similar thing to him, I guess, is the probably thing he is nearest to. The thing he is nearest to, in in the feeling of it, is probably slain. But with slain, you kind of had a whole bunch of um, incidental stories that introduced the character and, and introduced the sort of person he was and stuff like that. Um, way back when that you can still get in all of the, the collections and stuff like that. The stories that people are kind of used to, the old 2000 AD ones, before you started getting into this really deep mythology stuff um, where every character was someone that Slane had a relationship with before. Whereas this, I always feel like I've I've kind of been dropped in the middle of this quite rich world. And I don't feel like I know Aquila, the character, yet, or really what he stands for that well. Because it's probably it's probably been um it was probably all there in the first book it was probably all explained in that first story but it hasn't been reinforced for me so where it's a few months um like several months between installments i don't feel like i'm quite sure of the character yet i always got the feeling um when i was reading it that the the part of the thing with with him was was the mystery of who he was oh yeah probably that as well yeah i've got a question for you regarding um how 2000 ad is produced Mm -hmm. does that mean like the likes of john wagner and pat mills and so forth are um at the point these are being produced almost 1900 years old yes my goodness um and you're you're kind of you're kind of right that the the character is supposed to be quite mysterious but what's happening in this book and in the previous book Mm. is it's it's very steeped in sort of Roman mm-hmm. uh, history and intrigue and stuff like that, which is really fascinating and it's a really interesting backdrop. Mm. But it's it is quite rich to the extent that I'm I'm never entirely sure what's going on. Sure, the storytelling guides you through it as well as it can, but it's like almost too rich. I, it's a confusing setting for me. Maybe it's probably the readers the readers' fault. Almost certainly. Um, the Wicked and the Divine, I'm sure loads of people are talking about this this week because loads of people talked about the first issue. It's written it, by Kieran Gillen. It, it's had a huge amount of very positive mm. press, hasn't it? Yep, and it's good. It deserves it. It's written by Kieran Gillen with art by Jamie McKelvey and I will mention 
Bloody hell, where are the credits? Oh, yeah. Jamie McKelvey with Colour Art by Matthew Wilson uh, that really does make McKelvey's art pop. Uh, The first part of it established a group of characters and a mythology where these gods inhabit... Basically, people find out that they are gods who are part of a pantheon. Um, They call themselves the pantheon in the present-day incarnation. I'm not sure if that's just they're always called the pantheon or... um, and they find out that they're gods, they're incredibly powerful, but they only live for two years. And they're all kind of young and beautiful at this point, as far as we can tell. Um, and into that setting, we have a, a sort of an every man, every girl character um, who is obsessed with the latest incarnation because this being a contemporary comic... Um, starring younger characters and also this being a Gillen and McKelvey uh, comic, of course the contemporary versions of these characters are all like steeped in pop culture. They're all very prominent and on TV and, uh, and part of modern pop culture. You know, they're very well known because it's, it's an examination of uh, as much as anything else. It's an examination of fame, especially our particular version of fame now um and you know the the fact that they get to be amazing for 2 years but then they burn out is is a pretty solid metaphor there you don't you don't need to dig too deep for that one the characterization though is great and all of the characters in it are, are really interesting um the my favorite though and i'm guessing probably everybody's favorite is lucifer is lucifer the the they're called lucy but that's obviously Lucifer, who at the end of the first issue um, ended up in a bit of trouble and they ended up on trial and by the end of the trial they were in worse trouble and the only person who's really trying to help them is our um, is our young female character who's a huge fan of them. Um, her name's Laura. And there's a suggestion that Laura's maybe got her own uh, amazing destiny in the offing but at the moment I'm not sure if that's uh, an actual thing an actual objective thing or if it's kind of metaphorical Lucifer's clearly trying to groom her for something but it's unclear what actually now that I think about it maybe what's going to be happening is that she's going to become someone that all of them are trying to get on side of each other there are shades of uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman in this, but I actually think that's kind of underselling it. I loved Sandman at the time and would probably still love it if I read it again now, but I've kind of soured a little bit on Neil Gaiman as a comic writer. Um, that It's very poetic and very literate. Sandman's very poetic and very literate to the point where it's uh, almost obtuse, whereas this is really nice and flowy and these characters feel much more like characters than some of the characters in Sandman did. Comics are just more... Uh, they flow more now and they're a bit slicker now and characters talk more like real people do and stuff like that. This is still very stylized. obviously. Nobody is as witty and as sharp and sassy as uh, Kieran Gillen characters who are drawn by Jamie McKelvey. That's just... I should say Gillen and McKelvey characters, but it's very definitely Gillen's sassy voice coming through them as much as anything else nobody talks quite like them in real life but they're a decent enough approximation we'd all like to i think so yeah 
Um, it's good. It's really, it's a really good comic. I think I need to sit with it a bit more because I get the feeling there's uh, alongside what's actually happening on the page i think there's probably quite a lot of mythology being i'm i tend to be a bit mythology blind the things i like about um the things i like about comics and stories tend to be the immediate character interactions with each other and it always takes me a little bit of time to uh, mentioning sandman again and really the main thing that reminds me of sandman is that it's a pantheon you know the 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 sandman when this family of gods bicker with each other um it's it reminds me of uh, dreams family dream and delirium which is the best thing really i think about the sandman comics uh, and also the other thing is that the the this pantheon is drawn from lots of different religions lots of different mythologies from around the world and of course in sandman depending on who was looking at the depending on who was looking at the characters uh, they looked different so there was that mix of mythologies going on there that's it's really a superficial similarity um i can't remember why i mentioned it again oh yeah but one of the things that always left me a little bit cold with sandman that seemed to really draw so many other people in was oh but what's going to happen with such and such when are we going to see this character again how is this all going to interlock i just that just goes over my head completely a lot of that stuff um i just like seeing characters engage with each other in the shorter arcs um and so I think there's a lot of that going on with this. I haven't read the back matter yet, and I'm sure there's loads of stuff going on on Tumblr um, about this comic that I just haven't even seen. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go back and reread it. The I believe there's already been cosplay. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. I think there probably was before it even. I mean, they've they've done a really so often in comics, not naming any names or anything or any scenarios or anything so often in comics the hype cycle is f- far exceeds the importance of the work or the the value of the work in in as much as like a big announcement a big announcement about a character dying or something like that will come along mm-hmm. and the comics might be good but they're probably not mainstream media uh, everyone talking about them for six months before the comic comes out, good, if you see what sure, I mean. Yeah. Uh, with this, uh, they and their supporters did a very good job of promoting it before it came out, but it's actually living up, it's actually living up to all of, that, uh, all of that promotion. I want to say hype, but actually hype I tend to think of as something that's quite empty and doesn't really, doesn't really like, bear itself out, whereas this is great. It's really good. It's not my favourite comic around at the moment, but it's a really, really good comic. Um, the One of my favourite comics around at the moment is actually uh, the cover I got. The variant cover I got is drawn by Chip Zdarsky. And uh, it's lovely. Yeah. It's of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Um, and, of course, uh, Chip Zdarsky's drawing my favourite comic yeah. at the moment. So, so that was nice. It's still really good. Great. It's really good. Great. Um. Shall we have an awkward middle bit? Because that's all I've got this week. Go on, then. Um, Hardly bought any comics this week. Um, nothing massive going on. I think um, David Wynn and Ian Sharman are getting very close to publishing page 100 of their uh, daily comic, Space Cape. Space Escape. Space Escape, yeah. Which is well done. It's a hell of a uh, piece of work. That's amazing. 
uh, Peter, Peter, who, who often corresponds with us, has been doing some really awesome sketching recently. He did a very pleasing Batgirl. His Batgirl was lovely. Really, we posted, really good. We posted that on our Facebook. Mm. I can't remember if we did on um, on Twitter as well, but it's really nice. It's funny yeah. if we had a podcast so and we could persuade him to make comics. Yeah, we should try and do that at some yeah. point. We'll set up a podcast we'll up just a to podcast, try and yeah. convince him to do comics. David Wynn actually also... Um, he apparently this is happened today this is happened today that's a great fucking sentence isn't it I talk great Um, you do talk good but he found some postcards some Mm. blank postcards and has just done some random sketches on them Mm. which I think he's selling for £5 and they're great some of them are really really good I highly recommend that you go and buy those if you can because some um, scrofulous bastard appears to have stolen Dave's um, art supplies from I think was it the LFCC at the weekend? So Oh yeah. Yeah, so that was that was pretty wrong. Actually John Scrivens, who we um, mentioned from time to time, was um uh, tweeting some of the cover sketches he'd done at the very same con. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, sorry, so that's um I'm trying to think what else. Oh, um there was uh, I think Marvel made a uh press release. Apparently Jason Aaron um is gonna be writing Thor uh, in October. Apparently, the current character is going to lose his powers. Um, a female character is going to pick up uh, Mjolnir. 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 And um, take on the mantle of, of Thor, apparently. Okay, so that's happening. So, uh, Lady Thor, then. Thorita. That's that, what she's going to be called. Call her. That doesn't sound very progressive. I don't know. I mean, I haven't really followed the story. So. Okay. Um, one thing I did read about today. Okay. Uh, which ties a little bit into something uh, that I've ended up doing this last week, mm. um, is that uh, a Rick Remender yeah. on his acclaimed and beloved by all Captain America run yeah. um, is, uh, is basically laying the groundwork at the moment for um, Sam Wilson. Is that the name of the Falcon? Oh, to take over as Captain America. Oh, okay. I probably should have spoiler warning this, but it's... Uh, I'm sorry, actually. I mm. should have spoiler warning this. Mm. But we are now at a point where mm. um, we should have spoiler warning the Thor thing as well, really. Really? Yeah, because it's in a story that hasn't happened yet. I hate that we know everything about stuff before we read it. You I'd, should be able to read spo- this stuff and it If happened. it's on the BBC News website, is it a spoiler? No. Okay. Kind of no. But it kind of is in principle. But this is the news section of our... I, Podcast, I, we're reporting this as news. I would like to think we'll get to a point where um, this, experiencing the story becomes the important thing about all of this stuff. But now we already know these major things that are going to happen, don't mm. we? So uh, Captain America mm. is going to be... So what you've got is uh, the pre-existing character, the Falcon, mm-hmm. um, who is uh, an interesting... Uh, African-American person of colour character yeah. in their own right. Yep, yep. Very well established, very mm-hmm. strong character. People yeah. have strong feelings about him. For sure. Uh, people have strong enough feelings about him that when a writer does something with yeah. him in a comic, mm. um, they really, really care about it. So yep. clearly the the uh, the um, the support for him becoming Captain mm-hmm. America will probably be huge. And, you know, it might not last. These things don't always last. Other people have been Captain America before. But sometimes these things stick, though, aren't they? Because, um, like, um, Bruce Wayne's been Batman for pretty much all of the seventy-five years that books existed. 
Yeah. Sometimes it sticks. I mean, it's yeah. nice though. It is. It is nice that it, it is nice that a previously established um, black character mm. will will get to put the suit on the Captain America mm. suit on for a bit. That's quite nice. It isn't. I mean, there is a president in place because there is already um, in the Kyle Baker series Truth. I feel like though I feel like it wasn't him who wrote it, but there was a Kyle Baker series called Truth, which was actually about. Um, African-Americans who were in the super soldier program Mm -hmm. before Steve Rogers was. So we've already seen um, a person of color in the uniform. But yeah, so it's good. So the Falcon will get to, I mean, I guess we won't have a Falcon for a bit, but that's okay. Maybe Steve Rogers will be the Falcon. Maybe he will. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah, that might be the shtick. It's all good. Um, One thing that we did, um, you didn't mention in your weeks, but we should mention here, um, is first pass on our hearty congratulations to Stacey Taylor. Um, and uh, I forget who our co-host was. Jenny Newman. That's right. For their um, immense uh, 24-hour podcast that they completed over this weekend. One of the guests on uh, the show was uh, Nick. I was on it. Yeah. I, I took the midnight slot. How was it for you? It was good. I felt like I dominated the conversation a little bit, but then by that, that time, like you, by that time at the night, they probably felt like yeah. they wanted someone to do that anyway. I don't know. I had a list of things I wanted to talk about. I really didn't want to talk about X Men: Days of Future Past because I got the feeling um, other people would have already, but unfortunately, that didn't stop me mentioning it. So we did talk about it for a bit. Uh, but uh, no, it was lovely. I really liked it. There, they are lovely. And they've, I think they've um, raised a significant amount of money. It's Smashed cha- her goal. Yeah, it's a charity, I think, for um, kids overseas that so have had cleft uh, cleft palates. Operation and Smile. Yeah, it's yeah. corrective surgery. Yeah, which is fantastic. And so they've raised over a 1000 for that, but the Just Giving page Brilliant. is still open. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes, um, which will be found at momcomics.com uh, and whatever forward slash the address of this episode yeah. uh, all of the show notes will be there by the way um, it was great it was great fun and after me they had Lee Gallagher and he was good I stayed up listening I didn't listen to anyone before me because I was worried that would change what I talked mm. about but um, I listened to a bit of Lee Gallagher uh, a little bit of Andy Ewington who was before me he and was actually, our first ever guest with yeah, Eddie was. Dainton wasn't he and it actually made me a little bit uh, I got a little bit frustrated with myself because I deliberately held off drinking anything that night mm. because I felt like I'd I'd probably be really sleepy by the time it came around and and um, Andy started his off by saying he'd had some whiskey and I was like no oh, so it was an option Grr. but it did mean I was still awake enough to listen to Lee Gallagher and to a couple of other guests afterwards so and they finished the night with uh, they finished the twenty four hours with Adam Hughes yeah that's not which bad which is just incredible. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. She is putting it out as podcasts, as like individual podcast episodes. So if you can't manage sitting down and listening to the whole stream for 24 hours, which is available, um, there will be episodes. I don't know how often she's going to put them out, but I will definitely tell you when my one goes out. Well, then I admire anyone who can do anything for uh, 24 hours because if you ask Dave Wynn, he'll probably tell you, my uh, my fortitude for 24-hour endeavours uh, is not what it was. I, I maybe there would have been snoozy pops at some point. David, uh, we I am the the Wang 
to David Wynn's win. We're Wynn and Wang, I decided really? the other day. Okay. And uh, you also established that uh, you are podcasting Dom DeLuise. I am. Which makes me podcasting's Burt Reynolds. No, Sammy Davis Jr. No, not Sammy Davis. Just because I've got slightly darker skin, that's a bit racist. Well, I say as a C, mate. And a slightly wonky eye. You have. Um... And you've also got lots of hateful, racist friends that you laugh off, but you can actually see that really... hurts so much. It does, yeah. Uh, the, I, I hadn't finished talking about Rick Remender, though. Uh, oh, there shit, there was It's fine, it's okay. You can um, edit it together so it all makes sense. One thing that the... Uh, one thing that the... There has been controversy about his run on Captain America. I was being a little bit arch before when I said that that he it was well received. There's a significant portion of the Tumblr internet that uh, that's not fair. The social justice comic fandom internet that um, has has kind of decided. Well, hey, all of the other well established, uh, well established nerdy in their mother's basements, uh, white male scumbag comic fans are incredibly entitled about what goes on in their comics. We, we can use that language as well. They aren't the only ones who can use that language. We can be harassing and horrible too. Um, and and so they were trying to get Rick Remender fired for stuff that happened in the Captain America comic. Okay. Now, you and I both read the first issue of the Captain America comic. I read the first arc. Yeah. I read the first issue and I didn't like it. Yeah, he, got, he got teleported into another dimension. dimension. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I... I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't enjoy the writing that much. I love his writing on Deadly Class. I've liked mm. it on some of his creator-owned stuff, but I, I tend to find, um, his writings maybe a little bit too knowing for me on the on the Marvel stuff, or a little bit too, um, going after a certain sort of aesthetic that, that for some reason just really bugs me. A sort of melodramatic, but also making a point sort of thing going on that I I just I, it doesn't gel with me as well as his uh, creator own stuff. I mean, certainly that first arc of the Captain America were big sort of verbose themes yeah. to it, which I, and I, there's lots of Kirby esque stuff in there. Yeah, I don't I'm mind a sure bit about. of grandstanding. Um, so I didn't I didn't like the first issue, so I stopped reading it. I do wonder what the internet would look like if more people did that. Like when they don't like a comic, when they're not enjoying it, mm. when it makes them feel a bit ouchy, um, they they just stopped. You know, after four or five months yeah. of reading a comic mm. that they're not enjoying anymore, mm. if they just stopped, what would mm. happen? I don't know what would happen. Mm. But anyway, there was a lot of confusion around what they what the complaints were about. Um, it began by complaining about the age of one of the characters, the age of... Um, Ultron. No, the age of Arno... Not Arno. What's his name? The telehead guy. Oh, Zola. Zola, the name of... The age of his children. Okay. Um, because there's a scene with Sam Wilson. I'm not going to go into too much detail about this. Please. But um, there's a scene wherein uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is... Uh, spending a bit of time hanging out with uh, Zola's uh, daughter and she fancies him so she gets him she gets him drunk they get drunk but she's got a better constitution than him and they end up having sex now you'd think that maybe there 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 are issues for a lot of people around uh 
a consent under those circumstances and be it someone being got drunk and then um, whether or not you can give uh, consent when you're drunk. But that wasn't the issue. The issue was whether or not Sam Wilson was committing statutory rape. Okay. Um, because there was some confusion about the character, Jet. Um, the confusion was mitigated somewhat by the fact that at one point in story, she's actually she actually says that she's 23 years old. And I found that, that was the initial claim that was driving a lot of the outrage. I found that really confusing. I found it confusing that people could feel so strongly about something that uh, that ultimately a lot of people thought was handled was obvious that it's factually it's factually incorrect she's definitely older she's definitely an, an adult um once that started getting attacked a little bit and started being dismantled a little bit it became clear that people had deeper felt issues with the run and that's perfectly understandable that's where my where my assertion that you know if you're really not enjoying a book it's possible that that feeling like they owe it to you because you love the character to make a comic that you're not enjoying be a comic you're not enjoying after several issues is not the right way to use your money because comics cost money, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so I was thinking, well, what can possibly be... I, I don't... This, this is weird for me because I didn't think it was that good a comic to begin with. So basically the upshot of all of this is thanks to those people... I'm now reading the Captain America run from oh, the beginning. Well oh, right. um, and I'm getting through it. And there are lots of very dramatic moments. What I'm finding is... Oh, I like all the stuff with his son. I'm all, oh, it's good. What, what I'm finding is the big fight scenes and the big dramatic action beats are still working on me. But I'm finding myself completely unmoved by a lot of the character work. Is John Romita Jr. still on the the art? I'm not sure if he is now, but he is in the ones I'm reading. Mm. I, um, I Sharon Carter's just turned up. Without going into too much detail, Sharon Carter's just turned up. I I love the idea that Captain America has been stuck Mm. in this world for 12 years, but I don't. It's it's working on me because I like the idea of it more than because. I think it's really well written. Just a minute. I'm just thinking. I'm just going to put the pieces together. So um, Sam Wilson slept with uh, a character that people are saying was was underage. He's going to become Captain America. Is this a Captain America U-Tree storyline? Where uh, is it a tie-in? No, oh. but I do applaud your ability to bring U-Tree into Thank it. Thank you very much. Um, the... The problem the problem is I, I feel a bit bad because I think John Romita Jr. has produced some of the best looking comics in the time I've been reading comics. His Daredevil I thought was amazing. Um I loved him on X Men. He was my X Men artist. But Rick Remender is getting a lot of flack at the moment for something that I think might actually be art issues on Captain America because and and because I'm coming to it all pre-prepared by all of this craziness that's going on, um, I'm not a qualified uh, psychiatric professional. I'm just saying it's all chaotic and... and no, but you certainly out like you are, so I think that's close enough. It's <sighs> a bit harsh, James. Um, the... Um, 
I think I had the right to say what I was saying without you making me singling me out for it, but never mind. That's fine. Uh, the, the, but a lot of it seems to come from the fact that when John Romita Jr. draws children, sometimes it is unclear how old they are. Sure. So a lot of the argument seems to come from the fact that when you first see Jet, she's looking behind something on a panel in the background and and she's tiny on the page and people looked at that and thought she was very very young whereas i looked at it and thought she looks like older than they obviously thought she did okay look the internet this jet is very very far away <laughs> this jet is very very small. Yeah, maybe it's just that she was very very small and yeah. on the screen. I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously taking the piss a little bit, and that's not very nice. But I very much doubt anyone who's really deeply moved by this stuff has ever listened to one of our I, podcasts. I think they would. So hate, I think they'd hate our podcast. But it's um, which which really uh, actually so. in itself sounds awful. But uh, I I I don't know. I'm kind of resentful that I've ended up like shelling out for this comic on comicsology just so I can read it because I got so frustrated by the cognitive dissonance I seem to be seeing. Um, I'm really sad that's why you're reading it. It was one of the books I was really gutted to have to give up when I stopped buying monthly comics. I was genuinely really enjoying it. And there I, are lots of amazing beats. And I'd never enjoyed J.R.J.R.'s work as much either. But that's more to do with my own comic buying history as much yeah. as anything. Um. I didn't. We didn't want to talk about that that much, did we? And we've ended up talking. I didn't about really it. know about it. It's the. Um, it's fine. It's, biz- it's just so much oddness. You're, I think you're allowed to express yourself. And I think the the, the Rick Remender doesn't engage with criticism very well. Makes him an uh, an easier sin eater for mm. this stuff. Do you want to do your spotlight? God, yes. I mean, can I listen to your spotlight? Yeah, it won't take long. How long do you want? Oh, I don't know. I like the book, though. I mean, you know. Five minutes? Yeah, go on. I'll see if I can cram it into five minutes. Cram it in. I'm going to talk to you about Jonah Hex No Way Back, which is the first ever official, the first ever original, fucking official, Jesus. The first ever official original. Uh, graphic novel. Um, ever? Ever. Uh, about Jonah Hex. Um, it is uh, drawn, I'm going to start with the artist first, by Tony Dizun. Uh, Zuniga. Zuniga. Jesus. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. No, but Tony Zuniga uh, and the writing team are the um, superb Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. Um, uh, Tony Zuniga, of course, is uh, an original OG Jonah Hex story uh, illustrator um, from the 70s. And apparently the story contained in No Way Back it had its genesis in some ideas apparently that Tony had back in the 70s as well, uh, according to some quotes attributed to Justin Gray on Wikipedia. Always quote your You've sources. Been on Wikipedia. Yeah, I had time to do Wikipedia briefly um, today. Okay, so um, this is nothing you won't be able to read in um, Wikipedia. I'm concerned that there might be some moderate spoilers, although it's stuff that happens early on. Um, Jonah Hex is out bounty hunting when he is handed a. Um, wanted poster that turns out to be his estranged mother. Oh. Oh. Um, who, it turns out, in turn, um, had another child. 
another brother. So Jonah Hex finds out that he has a brother. It also turns out that Jonah Hex's mother is um, used in a rather elaborate bid to flush him out um, by um, a, a Mexican bandit who was wronged by Hex's terrible father. A bandido. A bandito. Um, you find out a lot about Hex in this, this story. There's a lot of origin um, in here. So you find out about his mother and a really heartbreaking scene where she abandons him because of his terrible, um, brutal father. Um, and you also get to see um, how a little bit about how Hex becomes the man he is, this sort of cold, single-minded bounty hunter. There's a really interesting, once once he, he meets the mother and unfortunately the inevitable happens that leads him to, because um, uh, she's very old, you know. Mm-hmm. In, in the Old West, very old people, especially when they've been carted around by Mexican banditos, life, inspect, life expectancy is not high. No. It's, and that, and that's, uh, that's in history books. You can go and check it out. If you want to research that, really, you can go and have a look in, in any history book. Maybe Mike Duncan will do the history of the Old West. You'd be able to listen to it on podcasts. Um, that leads him back to his brother, who could not really be a more different man from X. He um, is the leader of a community that is um, essentially it's violence-free, no weapons, no violence. He himself is the preacher of that town as well. So really holds a mirror, a really interesting mirror up to who Hex is and who Hex potentially could have been. I think it's one of those stories about a little bit like Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Only this is this is this is well written. It's never been used as a reference yeah, point in anything. Yeah. This is well written and engaging. Um, but it's really it's about um, our upbringing and our circumstances that we find ourselves in. Um, the, the sort of the nurture aspect of our personalities, and and who do we become as a consequence? And it's very interesting. As a result, there is a quote um, on Wikipedia from um, Atical News um, that says that if this was filmed, it would probably be the best Western filmed for about 20 years. A little bit of hyperbole there, possibly, but it is a really engaging Western story. There's good Westerns about. No, that's true, but there's there's regret, there's betrayal, there's retribution, um, and and there's also at the centre of it this really morally dubious character who you can't help rooting for. Obviously, at the at the end, he's tracked down by this bandito and forced um, to put various people into quite compromising positions um, in order to um, do what he believes is right. You know, he's he's got this sort of very interesting moral code, Hex, which but I think that makes him a really intriguing character. The art looks beautiful. It does look like it's lifted straight out of a classic 70s Hex book. It's... Um, Lots of sort of quite expressionistic lines um, there as well. I think at times, it, without wishing to be unfair, it it has the look of an artist who's at the tail end of their career. Is that is that fair? I'd sometimes it's a li- sometimes it's a little looser than than you'd, you'd expect mm-hmm. it to be. Looking at some of the work previously, but it it, it has. It brings its own sort of air of um, drama. It makes it feel quite an oppressive world that he lives in, quite a dark, desperate, dangerous world. 
um, that Hex lives in. But yeah, I mean, if you like, I'm sure you're familiar with Jonah Hex if you're listening to this. Um, but if you've not read any Hex stories, um, I think this is probably quite a good jumping on point. It's a, a really intriguing, thought provoking, but yet still filled with action western. It's a really nicely realised um, story. Apparently came out at the same time as well as the Jonah Hex movie, which I have not seen. It's interesting. It has some good bits, but it, it does fall prey to the Wild Wild West, the the need the need to have special effects because giant it's a comic movie. Yeah. Giant mechanical spider. Actually not that far cool. distant from that. Good it's stuff. not It's not the gritty western that a mm. Jonah Hex film could be. Yeah. So um, it's Palmiotti and Gray have really been working hard on that character and I, making them their own. They've done so many... I'm yet to read anything by Gray and Palmiotti I don't like. I love their writing style. They do gritty, mm-hmm. I think... Quite poppy as well, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely, but they, they do gritty. I think it's just as, as well, if not better, than anyone in comics at the moment. Really great team. Thank you for that, James. Great book. Uh, by the way, it's um, £10.99 from Titan Books. Um, I believe you can still find it on Amazon. And it's well worth searching out, well worth reading. If you want to buy it from Amazon, uh, we'll have a link to it on the in the show notes. Yeah. We get a little bit of money if you use that link True. to buy it. And if you want to um, borrow it from Southampton Central Library, it will be going back this Saturday. Have you? Are you so uh, familiar and fond of the place now that you just call it Libby? Yeah, that's right. Is that your yeah. nickname for yeah. it? No, it's just because I find talking so very, very difficult. <laughs> um, thanks for that, James. No, thank you, Nick. We are the Momcast. We're about to go. We'll be gone in a minute. Don't worry. We're almost done. Um, you can, in fact, we would love to hear from you. Mm. Uh, you can contact us via email at momcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to just hear from you about the show or about anything you want to talk about, really. We're, we're, we're very lonely uh, but you can also send us audio contributions we like to have two to five minute contributions about comics that we can put in the show uh, you can send it in mp3 format if you send it from an iphone it probably won't be an mp3 format but we have the technology you can also leave us a 90 second uh, comment mm. audio comment by using the uh, submit uh, voicemail link that is on the website uh, we haven't seen that in action yet. We'd be very interested to find out. Mm. Uh, if you do want to talk to us about a specific episode, you can either do that via the email or you can leave us a comment on the post on the website for that episode or on our Facebook page. We've got a Facebook page. You can contact us through there. Mm-hmm. Or you can tweet at us. Um, I We've got a Mom Comics account on there called Mom Comics. Yeah. Uh, I am Nick Sight, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. I'm at Dusty Bin. Uh, James is James Mumb. And um, it's not hard and fast rule, but we tend to use the hashtag, hashtag Mombcast mm. when we talk about the show. Just keeps it all together in one place. It's quite nice. Please do, please do tell people about us if you're listening to the show uh, on Facebook or Twitter, if you happen to be on there at the time. It'd be really nice to get uh, to. It'd be really nice of you to spread the word. That would be ace. Yes. Um, also, if you would like to, if you have a minute, if you can leave us a comment on your uh, podcast aggregator of choice. Uh, James, I believe, still uses iTunes. I do. I use the iPhone app these days, which I really like. 
Um, and iTunes is is the place where ratings and reviews apparently make the most difference uh, in terms of getting us in front of other people. Uh, but you can also leave uh, ratings and reviews and listen to us on Stitcher or on any other podcast app, really, any other podcatcher. You got confused, didn't you, James, because I said aggregator when normally I say podcatcher. Yeah. And that's literally just that I got confused. I like the word aggregator. It's a good word. Mm. Uh, am I missing anything? It sounds like the title of an old um, like 90s hardcore dance tune. Yes, it does. You're mm. right. Um, another way you can get involved is if you have something that you want to promote. We don't do sponsorship at the moment. But what we do do is uh, you can put something in James's mouth. <laughs> If you have that's <laughs> so horrible. Um, if you have something that you want to promote, just uh, write about a side of A4 of copy mm. that you want uh, James to say on the yeah. show. You can uh, demand that he do it in any style that you want. Um, and if you email that to momcast at gmail dot com, the uh, the gigantic, lovely, idiotic man across from me. We'll perform it for you literally on the next put, episode. Literally put anything you like in my mouth. Yep, put it, just put it right in there. Yeah, uh, it, it remains for us to go, James. Uh, thank you, listener. You are amazing and patient and lovely as always. Did that sound insincere? Yes. Shit, I didn't mean it to. I don't think I know the difference. On the podcast I did with Stacey uh, on on the weekend, I had on my notes. Mm. I had a sheet of A4 of notes, mm. and at the top of the notes, I had uh, congratulate them and ask them how it's going, mm. because I apparently need to leave myself notes to mm. do normal, human, polite, mm. nice things. Do you know, I was at work today, and I had a really brief conversation with um, this woman who works for a, for a different team, but works on the same floor as us. And I, I was actually walking back to my desk giving myself a little slap on the back for having a perfectly functional little small talk conversation with her about the weather. What the fuck is wrong with us? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, that's us. That's it. We're yeah, done. We're done. Uh, bye bye. listening to the momcast the best comic book podcast recorded in southampton on a thursday evening no it's southampton england on a thursday night no it's not it is did you do that on purpose Shall have another go hmm? you're listening to the momcast no that's shit you're listening to the no 
You're listening to The Mumcast, the best comic book podcast recorded in Southampton, England on a Thursday night. I think it's the best weekly comic shit we Fuck off, to. is it? Fuck off, it is it? How, when's the last time you listened? Doom, doom, doom. Fuck me, I came up with this shit. I can change it. <laughs> right, okay. Um, oh, shit. Mumcast. The best weekly po- comic book podcast recorded in Southampton, England, and a Thursday. Am I even subscribed to our podcast? Yeah. I am. I'm subscribed. You're listening to the Mondcast, the best weekly comic book podcast recorded in Southampton, England, on Thursday nights. Weekly podcast. Recorded in Southampton, England, on Thursday nights. How old is that? It was last week's. Hey there, you're listening to the Mondcast. I'm, I'm going with that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now do one as Wankula. Funny you should mention that. Uh-oh. Ah, 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 Bob Carroll, spitting the dogs, you're listening to the Mumcast, the best weekly comic book cast. Booty, booty, booty. Fucking hell. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Welcoming to the Mumcast, Bob Carriage spitting the dog. You're listening to the best comic book podcast. Listen to one a fucking hellfire. It's only words, isn't it? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. You're listening to the Mumcast, the best comic book. <laughs> Fuck me, one more I'll nail it, I promise. Ah, 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 you're listening to the Mumcast, the greatest comic book podcast recorded weekly in Southampton, England, on a Thursday night, Bob Carriage's Spitting Sea Dog. One more. No, I think, well, are you happy with that? If you weren't happy with that, do another one. I like that one, but one more for safety. Yeah, yeah. Ah, 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 you're, <clears throat> ah, 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 you're listening to the Momcast, the best weekly comic book podcast recorded in Southampton, England, on a Thursday night. Bob Garages, spitting the dog! <laughs>